Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. How's everybody doing this morning? You guys, you guys are here on Labor Day weekend. Give it a hand, or give yourselves a hand today. Give a hand a round of applause, I think is what I was going to say, which makes lots of sense. Give a hand a round of applause. Anyway, uh, anyway, so how was your first week of school, people? Man, it was great. It was great for us. Anyway, uh, so over the, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about life as we know it, right? About how life as we know it is no longer life as we know it. That, that song, many of you I'm sure were singing along with. I was singing along with it in the front row. And I remember when I was a kid watching Full House and Family Matters and all these different shows where, where I just thought, you know, that was like now, that like, have you ever watched one of those shows with one of your kids now? They think they're like the dumbest thing ever right? Anybody, uh, anybody like really get into the new, the Fuller House on, on Netflix? Boy, that was amazing. That was terrible, all right? Because it was just like, but, but it's like, it's because our culture has changed so much. Our culture has become so much more edgy and so much more worldly that those shows that originally we thought were, were, were great, now they seem so tame and so, so boring, right? Should we be excited by immorality? No, but, but that's what the world has been teaching us, and that's the way the world has been directing us. So anyway, we've been talking about how life as we know it today is not life as we knew it, basically, right? So, uh, so over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about a few things. The first week, we talked about what it means to be an individual, uh, that God says that we're incomplete without being partnered with someone. It says two should become one flesh, and that's God's intention for us. But uh, we talked about individuality, and as, as a single person, if you're single here today, you still should be partnered with someone, and that someone is God. Because with Him, with him you can be complete. And so uh, until you find that perfect someone, that beautiful man or woman that you're looking for. Anyway, uh, the last, and then last week we talked about romance, right? How many people remember the hot dog? It was my birthday this last week, and I got tons of happy birthday notifications uh, with, that, that had hot dogs uh, pictures attached to them. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, so, so that was really, that was, a, that was an interesting sermon. Anyway, wasn't what I planned, but uh, we'll just leave it in the Lord's hands. Anyway, that God's plan, God's plan for us romantically and relationally is to take time, and that that if we rush through things, if we bypass God's system, it, it, it's really what's leading to a downfall in our relationships today. It's leading to the ends of marriages because we're not doing things God's way, according to God's timing. So, uh, so anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to wrapping it up today with the final installment of Life as We Know It. All right, you guys ready for that? Okay, so let's pray before we do it. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, it is so great to be part of such a great family of believers. Lord, I pray today as we get into your word and as we talk about uh, this topic today that you will give us ears that hear, give us hearts that understand, and give us minds that desire to live for you. Father, if we are convicted today, help us to... It, Help it to convict us to change, to, to move more into the place where you want us, into the life that you have created for us. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So anyway, at the, last, uh, the end of last week, uh, I mentioned that I was going to talk about legacy today. 
about leaving a legacy. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean to leave a legacy? A lot of people today probably couldn't even give an accurate definition of what legacy is all about. Like, why is that? Well, it's because society has been teaching us that it really doesn't matter if we leave a legacy or not. I mean, think about it. We just went back to school this week, and, and you know, school teachers are like probably one of the most underpaid professions in the United States today. In other countries, they pay their school teachers a huge amount of money because they value that their younger generation is, is, is being brought up in a way that the future's going to be good. That those other countries, those other places, not to bash the U.S., I'm a proud citizen of the United States of America, no problem. And uh, it, we got the flag in the foyer, right? And, uh, but, it, but those countries care about the legacy that they're going to pass on to their younger kids, to their younger children, to their, their children and their grandchildren. So they, they value people like teachers. How many teachers say amen today? We have lots of teachers here. Amen. And, and, and so, so we are in a society currently here that doesn't put a lot of importance on leaving a legacy, like making the next generation great. Legacy defined is, is, is something that's handed down or received from an ancestor. And, and, and this all goes back to the, to the last two weeks. Society teaches us that life is all about ourselves, that, that it's all about me, myself, and I, and what I am going to get out of life, right? It's, it's the same when we think about the future generations to come. Like, we're more worried about the here and now and what we get to experience on this Labor Day weekend, though I'm pretty proud of you guys. I mean, this is a pretty good crowd for Labor Day weekend. Today, your thoughts were, I want to be with God instead of I want to, me, myself, and I be out laying out. Maybe it's because it's was 40 degrees this morning. Anyway, <laughs> that's definitely possible. But even think about it this way. Like, it is now normal practice, and, and though you would say a good advisor wouldn't say this, but, but most people take the advice of rack up as much debt as you want, and when you pass away, your kids can figure it out. There are, and and you, you, there's scoffing in the room, but the, the fact of the matter is a lot of people in today's like current older generation, that's, like, that's the way they think. And it, it's okay. Like, like, let me live my life now, and my kids and their kids, they'll figure out how to live their life then. And, and that's, that, again, is not putting a focus on, on passing off a legacy or leaving something behind for kids. So anyway, um, this is just a complete departure from what God says about, about how we should live. And so I want to talk about what God says about legacy. The first scripture I want to share has to do with parents directly. How many parents do we have in this place today? Whether you've, you've adopted or you have your own children or you're, maybe you're a great-grandparent. That says parent, right? Or you're a grandparent. Um, anyway, it says in Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Like, this may seem really shallow and easy, doesn't it? Just seems like, well, just do, you know, just train them up, and someday they'll figure it out, and they'll be all right. But, but the Bible is full of scriptures about legacy, and that scripture is just like the snowflake on the tip of the iceberg of what it means to leave a legacy. I mean, in the Old, Te the Old Testament is all about God's people, right? The Israelites. And so, the, really, the Old Testament is this, this like, laser focus on, on God's legacy that he's trying to leave with his people, right? Like, 
we don't care about legacy today, but, but all God cared about throughout the o- whole Old Testament and actually still now today is his legacy. Is, that's why he sent Jesus, right? It's to preserve his legacy in each one of us because we all fall short, right? We, we, all, we are not good, we, we're not good recipients of the legacy, so he made it possible for us to be able to receive it when he brought Jesus in the, on the scene. So God is all about the legacy, God basically starts talking right off with Adam and Eve, talking about how our actions make a difference for the people to come. Think about Adam and Eve. When they sinned, then God sat down with Adam and Eve, like literally, and said, said, because of what you've done, your children and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and all all men and women to come, men will have to toil in the field for food, and, and women will have pain in childbirth. And all the ladies are like, thanks, Eve. And, and, and so right there, Adam and Eve's actions changed the entire situation for everyone else, changed the, the legacy that they were going to pass on. Could you imagine if they hadn't sinned? Who knows what we'd be living in now? Who knows? So, so when you really think about it, like, like each action we make plays a part in the future of our children and, and grandchildren. It says in Proverbs 13, 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Children's children means grandchildren, right? You know, Paul mentioned hunters, all you jealous hunters out there, because you know people who have like 3,000 acres or 1,000 acres of your land, and you're like, how could they ever afford that? Well, they didn't. Their great, 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 great grandfather bought it, and he set up an inheritance for his great, great, great grandchildren in the land, and now they shoot bigger bucks than you every year, and you complain about it. Start now, and you could have that for your great-great-great-grandchildren. Quit thinking about yourself, right? Whoa. That's, that's what God's trying to tell us, is, is maybe for just a, a split second, we just need to quit thinking about ourselves and start thinking about our children's children. Right? It all, we could go back through the Old Testament over and over and over, and, it, and, and God constantly comes back. People were so focused on the legacy of their life. When we talk about like the forefathers, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all that, it, when God came to Abraham, he didn't have any, any kids. When, when, you know, the Lord gave him the word he was going to have, have children with Sarah, who was already like 90 years old, and and. and why does that even matter? It's because God places huge importance on legacy, on the life we pass on to the people who come after us. And we have so forgotten that. I mean, that's why we're doing the raising the roof thing, right? That's why we're not building another sanctuary, though it kind of looks like we need it, doesn't it? Like on Labor Day, we're almost falling here. But why are we starting with kids? Because the whole point of what, of of our lives should be to, to have the next generation pass, pass on a passion for the Lord. Like not, not just us pass it on, but that the next generation would get God and they would pass it on to the children's children. But we have to stop thinking about ourselves for a minute and start thinking about how our lives are impacting people for the future. 
I guess you could even say how your vote in November will change the path of history for the next four years and maybe forever. Like, each moment matters. Each moment matters. See, back in, in the Old Testament, we, we miss out on a lot of the things that they experienced in the way that they think. In the Old Testament, part of the honor of your life was leaving a legacy. Part of who you were, when you walked around, you know, you think about, you know, uh, Joseph's dad, uh, Jacob, he had, he had how many kids? Twelve boys, right? And, and like, I, I imagine when he walked through town, people went, man, there's, whew, there's Jacob get 12 kids. <laughs> oh, boy's blessed, man. His fields are farmed, and he sits on a lazy boy all day, right? Like, way to go, Jake, you know? Good job. Good job. Like, like, it matters. Like, part of who you are is who you've created and how you're leading them. Jacob, his 12 sons become the 12 tribes of Israel, Right? They become the 12 chosen tribes and family. They're the family of God. Is your family the family of God? Did you know that today, if you've accepted the Lord, that you've joined the family of God and you now have a responsibility to lead your children into the family of God? We don't always do a great job of that, but that's what today's all about, right? So anyway... um, I want to share with you something that happened two weeks ago. We were in staff meeting, and we've, I, I kind of challenged the whole staff, everybody, to uh, take turns each week at staff meeting and bring a devotional, something to share with the team. And, you know, for us pastoral types, that's not very challenging. We're kind of like, all right, cool, I'll just you know, write something down. I, one scripture, I can talk for 45 minutes, right? So no problem. But there are some in the staff meeting who are not used to uh, preaching or teaching or especially teaching to the pastors of the church, right? So, so two weeks ago, Tammy Hughes, who is our uh, main office, uh, she, well, what is it, office manager, sorry, she's the boss here at the church, and, uh, <laughs> and, and she, she is, where's she at, is she in here yet? Huh? She's probably, she's probably not in here, because she knew I was going to mention her. Anyway, she's working out there, harder than all of us. Anyway, she, uh, it was her turn to bring, uh, to bring the, the message. Actually, uh, she was going to do it the week before, but because Pastor Chris wasn't there, Chris is like, no, I, I want to hear what, what Tammy has to say. No pressure. I mean, pickiest one in the whole group right here, Pastor Chris. She keeps it. She, anyway, no. Anyway, so she, so she brings this, this teaching, and we're all like, are you, like, we all like don't even compare to what she brought to the thing. So I want to share with you part of what she said. So I want to, I want to give her credit. This is not me. This was, this was her. I, I just did this stuff after. Anyway, so she brought this, uh, this teaching out of the book of Numbers, which, by the way, is about the most boring book in the entire Bible. <laughs> she said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this out of Numbers 32. I was like, Are you, what? I'm like, I'm going to look at Facebook for a little bit. No, <laughs> no. I didn't. I actually went right to numbers and thought, come on, numbers. Anyway, so let me read, let me read to you 
what she read to us. Numbers 32, verses 1, uh, 1, 2, 4, and 5. It says, the Reubenites and Gadites. By the way, I mentioned Jacob, right? The 12 tribes of Israel. The Reubenites are the tribe of Reuben, one of Jacob's sons, Israelites. And the Gadites, they are the tribe of Gad. They are one of the sons, the descendants of the sons of Jacob, okay? These are God's people, God's chosen people. So the Reubenites and the Gadites, two of the tribes of Israel, who had very large herds and flocks, saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So before I go further, they're on their way to the promised land. Okay, they're on the way to take the land that God said they could have, that he had prepared for them. It even says in the Bible that that land is an inheritance from God, a legacy from God. Okay, so... I know, uncanny that she brought this scripture up, right? So anyway, so let's continue in verse 2. It says that, uh, that they saw that the lands of uh, Jazir Gilead were suitable for livestock, so they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the community and said, The land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock, and your servants have livestock. They have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. So the chosen land that God has for them is across the river. They are about to go into that land and and, and, and take their inheritance that God has for them. But these two groups of people, these two tribes of Israel, decide that where they're at is good enough. That they would like all this land, they have all this livestock, that they would like this place, and that they would like to live here instead of crossing and, and fighting the battles that have to be fought and all the things that have to be done to get them across into the land that, that God has for them. And so I'm going to skip a part of the scripture, but part of it is Moses is upset because he says to them, so you're going to leave your brothers and sisters, the other tribes of Israel, behind. You're going to stay here, and we're going to have to go fight without our whole family, without our whole, the whole team of, Is- of Israel to fight for this land? And they're like, they, or they respond with this. So Numbers 32, verse 16 through 19, it says, Then they came up to him, those same groups came up to Moses, and they said, We would like to build pens here for our livestock and cities for our women and children. And then they say this in response to the fighting part. They say, But we will arm ourselves for battle and we'll go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our women and children will live in fortified cities for protection from our inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until each of you, the Israelites, has received their inheritance. So we will fight until you have fully taken the land that you need to take. We will cross the river with you. We will fight. We will do all this. So you receive your inheritance. But we will not, verse 19, we will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan. Because our inheritance, they believe, has come to us on the east side, on this side of the Jordan. So they literally say that we don't want the legacy that God has for us. We want the legacy that we want for us. Like We know God offered it, but we don't want that. We want what we want. We want to settle in Gilead where there's lots of room for all our stuff, where everything seems perfect for me and everything seems fine. We'll help you get there, but, but for me, I'm, I'm good right where I'm at. So... Fast forward to the future. An enemy of God's people is attacking 
the Assyrian uh, Empire is attacking this region. And in 2 Kings 15, it talks about how the enemy attacks and it captures the city of Gilead and the surrounding areas. And, and they take all those people, all of God's people, and I'm going to read it. It's actually found in another, there's more than one place where this is found. Second, or 1 Chronicles 5, 25 through 26, it says this. It says, but they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors, the Reubenites and the Gadites. And, and they, it says they prostituted themselves to the gods of the peoples of the land who, whom God had destroyed before them. Verse 26, listen to this. So God, the God of Israel, stirred up the spirit of Pol, king of Syria, who took the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, another part that stayed with them, into exile. He took them uh, to, to Assyrian kingdoms, Halal, Habor, Hara, and the river of Gozan, where they are to this day. Now, the Assyrians came to attack all of the area, and specifically the only people who were taken away, that were exiled away from the land that God had originally wanted them to have, were the people who chose not to receive the inheritance that God had originally wanted them to have. Specifically, the Reubenites and the Gadites, they saw this great land, they thought, this is what I want, this is good enough, Guys, it's not about what we want. It's about what God wants. The people who settled there originally along the river, who decided not to cross the Jordan, many of them, I'm sure, passed away before this ever happened. They, they were probably dead and gone. But their children and their children's children who were there because of the choices that their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents made, they reaped the reward of the legacy that their parents set them up for. Like, train your child up in the way you should go. It, it has nothing to do with your child. It has everything to do with you. My, uh, my one son... Jackson, I'll tell you, he's not old enough to care that I use him as examples yet. Someday I'll have to stop. He, uh, he, man, he, when he gets upset, he throws a temper tantrum, and he gets angry, and, and, and it's frustrating because he says mean things. I mean, he drew a picture of me and drew a red X through it yesterday. I said, what is that? And he goes, that's you. You are five years old. And, and so... Oh my gosh. I'm like, well, that makes me feel good. Anyway, um, so I, I, uh, I was like, gosh, just struggling with how to, how to work with him and try to teach him because it's like, you know, I, so I started reading some articles and some things about how to parent a child who gets angry easily and, you know, I'm, I don't know everything, so I'm like, I better find somebody who does. And, uh, and, so, so I'm reading and like all the things that I try to do to like, you know, discipline him in the middle of the moment, they're saying, don't do that. And then I'm like, I'm, what a loser, you know, like, do everything wrong. I guess I deserve the red X, right? And, and, and I read every piece of advice had nothing to do with the kid. It had everything to do with me in the way that I react. 
It had everything to do with, with me modeling behavior when I'm upset, right? So that they can see what it, what it should look like when somebody is upset. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> so sure enough, later that day, they went out to our garden and picked all of the tomatoes out of the garden and then smashed them up into mud pies. <laughs> and I was very angry. And I, and I, it's just, isn't it uncanny how God lines things up? I read the article that morning, and I, and I reacted completely different to them, and I got a completely different response from, from him through the whole thing. And guys, guys and girls, husbands and wives, men and women, no matter if you're actually a parent in this place or not, or if someday you're going to be or not, the future generations They all depend on the way we act in the here and now today. And the way that we model behavior, your children, your grandchildren, the the other young people that you are around, you you will impact them by the way you act, by the things you say, by the words that you use, by the way you show love to your spouse, by the way you honor maybe a significant other before you're married, if you have kids and you're dating right now. They're going to mirror your behavior. You are, you are settling your family either on this side of the river or on that side of the river. And often we don't cross the river because where we're at feels good and it feels right and it's what we're enjoying and it's all about us. And it, you know what? This looks really good for what we need right now. But the fact of the matter is, is God is saying there's a better place and it's about you. Not about them. Are you willing to cross the Jordan? Are you willing to walk through the water to get to the other side to do the work that needs to be done so that you can receive the inheritance that God has for you so that your kids, your children, your children's children and their children so they can receive the inheritance so they can shoot the big bucks of the future on the land that you have passed down to them and the life that you have passed down to them? How often do we stop short of God, what God really wants for us? Let me close with this. I'll just take a couple more minutes. And, and this is kind of a side note off of what I'm saying. I, I read this really great thing the other day. It was talking about work. Did you know that at your job you're replaceable? My, even me. I'm, I'm, I'm replaceable. You know, if... if if you decided today that you were going to quit your job and, and move away, and you, no matter what your job is, like you may be like, no, not me, they need me. No, they don't. Like They do right now, but they'll find somebody else who's just as qualified as you or could train them to be who you were or who you are or whatever. They can replace you. But if you quit your family, there is no replacement. There's no way for them to ever get back you, to get you back. They need you. Your grandchildren need you. Your kids, kids, honestly, or your, friend, your friends' kids, they need you to role model good behavior too. It takes a village, right? I mean, I know, we got five. <laughs> we, it takes a village for everybody. Like, you can't be replaced at home. You can't be, re- be replaced with the legacy you're going to leave. In the same way, did you know you can't be replaced 
in God's world either? That he made you specific? That he made you with a purpose to be able to make a difference? Did you know that, really? That if you decide to quit on the job of, of the kingdom of God, that, that there's not just some other more qualified person that God wants there. No, he made you for that purpose, and he wants you to fulfill it. You just got to cross the Jordan to get there. Are you willing to cross the Jordan? Are you willing to go where maybe it's uncomfortable, but God's results are going to be better? It's a good question. He's asking you. He's asking you to lead the charge in leaving a legacy. We've got a lot of big things coming up. Big things coming up, not just here at this church, but in this country. In November, we've got some big decisions to make. And I'm not saying that there's a good choice, right? All I'm saying is we've got some big decisions to make. You know, we've got, we, we, there's big decisions in the church with the building project and all that stuff. Next week, we're going to start kicking off our last, our last pledge for the building. Are you, are do you, you know, is God telling you to be part of what we're doing there? Is God telling you to be part of, of helping pass that legacy on financially? Or maybe preparing you to be part of the children's ministry team when that building comes up? All right? There's all kinds of ways that you can leave a legacy with other people. And it's not just financially. It's not just voting. It's not, it's not just volunteering in church. God can use your every minute if you're willing to cross the Jordan. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we are grateful that we get to worship you the way we do. Lord, and I, I, I'm grateful that I get to be here to be part of it. Lord, today, if there's people in this room, Lord, it's not if, Lord, the people in this room who know that they have not been producing what you need them to produce to create a great legacy for their children, their children's children, and other people's children, Lord, for the kingdom of God, the family of God. Lord, I pray that you touch their hearts today and you help them to understand that they are needed, that the decisions they make and the life that they have that it's because you gave it to him and, and that he, Lord, I pray they understand that their decisions matter. I think so many people struggle with feeling like they don't matter. Father, I pray that you give people in this place today a new sense of purpose. That they could be one of the leaders to help other people as well cross the Jordan. If you're here today with everybody's eyes closed and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you, when I mentioned being part of the legacy of God, you maybe were like, I'm not part of that. I don't know what that is. I, or maybe today you said, I want to be part of that. I didn't know I could be part of that. If you're here today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to become part of the family of God, you want to know you're going to heaven, but more than that, you want to know that you can live a greater purpose here on earth than, than you could ever live on your own. That you could fulfill the legacy that God has for you in this moment here. If that's you, you want to become part of the family, you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to have new purpose. Just slip your hand up. Is there anybody here who wants to accept Jesus? I'll wait a few seconds here. If the Lord is 
speaking to your heart. Be willing to listen. If he's urging you to to join the family of Christ, be willing to raise your hand in this moment. All right. Father, I thank you for each and every person, Lord. I thank you that we're all on the path or trying to be on the path that you have for each one of us. Lord, and that I pray that you will spur us on and lead us, Lord, to, to listen for your voice, to listen for your leading, and to be obedient when you speak, to take the steps as you lay them out in front of us. Lord, and, and convict us where we need conviction and lead us to change. We thank you for that. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.